It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. It's uh, Thursday. It's me, Greg O'Keefe, the Evan Editor, Phil Kirkbride, Evan Correspondent, the Gareth Barry of the podcast as ever, Big Gamma Buckland, and... Big Daddy Tony Scott. <laughs> We've got um, another young blue in the world, and uh, a current member of this podcast team who watched Saturday's game in City in slightly different circumstances than usual. So, yeah, I was um, obviously should have been at Everton City, but um, Mrs was expecting on the on the date, so um, we were due to be in Ormskirk Hospital. So we have our little one just to start things off. And credit to the midwife, she sent us home at three o'clock and we had to go back to the hospital for IM quarter to five, so it was, <laughs> it was good on it. No, but jokes aside. You waited in, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah we waited in. We had our little lads, um, Anthony, and on Saturday, um, 8.21pm, so great Saturday all round it was. Brilliant. And um, he's a little fella, isn't he? But he's doing well. Anthony James. Anthony James, and he'll be scoring the winner in the Merseyside Derby in about 17 <laughs> years' time. He's got so, his kit already. Yeah, got the kit ready, yeah. So, um, obviously touching on Saturday from what I've seen of it. Um, while we pulled Mrs. was having contractions in the um, in the living room. I seen him um, having have a good display, good defensive display, but you can see why you can see why Ronald Koeman's adamant that this defence has been one of the best in the Premier League and he keeps heaping praise on it and it's no, it's no reasons why the we're near to the top of the league than we are to the bottom in regards to Everton don't concede many goals. I think I've seen a fact enough with Sue that we only we've only conceded one goal. In per game this season, we haven't conceded more than one game. Sounds one goal. Right. So yeah. that's all credit to Koeman and his defensive coaching staff there. And that goes without saying that if you keep clean sheets or don't concede, then you've always got a chance when Rom is on the other side of the pitch and he's he, he duly obliged. Isn't he? But the interesting fact is that obviously we were under the cost for large chunks of the game, but that's the fact of the matter is that's why we brought Yannick Balassi within one pump of the ball, one touch, we t- turned defence into attack within one touch. Balassi touched, Lukaku in, 1-0. And that, they're the reasons why we spent this much money on Yannick Balassi. Yeah, I think I was having contractions at certain points again. I can only echo really what, what, what Tony's, Tony's saying. Um, I think, to be fair, on, on Friday, you said, Tony, didn't you, that you didn't want to see like, our front race spread across the pitch, which yeah. I think happened in the first half and large parts of the game. Uh, you want to see Balassi tight with uh, Lukaku and yeah. the one time in the game when that happened he scored and I think like Balassi you know he's an out player but you always know he's always going to do one or two things during the game that might make a difference and he did that on Saturday so I think that's probably the only thing he did but he's about the, you know, and in, a, in a positive way yeah. That um, it led to the goal. It's quite, you know, he did really well just to, to move across. I mean, I, I thought, aside from that, I thought it panned out as I expected 4 3 3, keeping it tight. Um, the disappointing thing for me, though, and, and it's something that is unfortunately becoming a bit of a recurring theme, is that I, I, I didn't like the goal we conceded. Now, you can, you can, you may be overcritical, but I just thought it was a bit of a, a catalogue of errors from start to finish. That we, we didn't clear the corner, we had like sort of three or four goals in it. Um, we had Oviedo playing right back. Yeah, now, I'm assuming that's because Seamus, 
if the ball's coming in from the left, Seamus is if he's if he's right if he's normally the right back, if he, he's in the air, he can clear the ball easier than a left back. I assume that's why why that was the case. Um, and Oviedo didn't maybe because it's not his natural side. He sort of didn't keep an eye on it at all on silver. When you look at it again, he's mm-hmm. also looking at the penalty here. He's not looking at silver, which and so he doesn't get close to him. Uh, and the ball comes over, and by that time he'd be sort of become a little bit disorganised. So you've got a position where. Williams is standing where you would expect of he also stands at the far post. Jags is standing where Coleman standing at the near post. And you've got Gareth Barry in the middle of the with two city players. Yeah. Um you know, you know disregarding the fact that it was a great it was a great ball in, we just we we didn't defend it very well, I think, uh, when we had a lot of bodies in the box. And it was what I would say was completely out of context to be fair on the way we defended for the rest of the year. The ninety minutes, but it just shows you at this level that like, you've got to keep keep concentrating for ninety minutes. And we still appear to have this little bit of a weakness with crosses that we were, you know, we, we spoke about most you most got, weeks last last season. Sorry, Gav, you, you guys were there. We we spoke about it pre on on, the, on last week's podcast. The fitness levels for Everton for the ninety minutes. How did you see the fitness levels of Everton players for the full ninety minutes? I saw them. I've seen them improving mm. almost across the board. I still, I still think there's one or two who need to get up to scratch. Um, but generally, I think you can really tell now uh, the work. You know, Cumin feared they were only seventy percent ready before the season, didn't he? I think maybe I'd assess that they're getting more up to top eighties at the moment. I still think there's some way to go. Mm. If you look at the way Tottenham when they're on fire as a team play, in terms of the intensity that they took to City, for example. I don't think we replicated that in every area of the pitch. Mm. I think we did defensively in, in the sense of um, the centre midfield, Barry and Gay, and the back four. Um, but I think we're getting there. We've moved. As I say, for me, I would say late eighties. Phil, what do you reckon? Would you? Yeah, I, I, I just wonder whether in twelve months' time, if we're playing in the same game, in the same sort of circumstances, Oviedo is fit enough to be not only physically able to go and stop the cross but also to do with your ment- mentality yeah. isn't it? he's mentally t- tired and so mm. when you're physically tired you lose concentration and I think you know when Koeman's really and Jan Klutenberg have got them where they want them I'd be interested to see whether he stops that cross I would I would wager a bet that he's, a, he's making a better effort at it anyway yeah I mean well, the whole team to be honest yeah. there's been times hasn't it, this season where you know there's been two players standing off you know players out wide I think um, Do you think some of it was early on them, them kind of maybe doubting as much as I, I, I thought that Cumin's sort of public declaration they were only 70, 70% fit was a real kind of good motivational tool for the game against Spurs and I think it worked to an extent but do you think some players have gone well you know he's expecting me to press for 90 minutes I'm going to have to hold something back here because I don't think I'm fit enough to do it properly for 90 minutes all the time keep going now, do you think maybe that some of the players aren't to kind of get over the mental barrier of going I've just got to back myself to keep running constantly for 90, for 90 minutes and if I, if I blow up yeah. at 80 that's so be it he'll take me off yeah I think that's a fair point I think um, yeah I think, I think also with, you know you are playing a different style of play, full stop, aren't you? And if you're playing a different mm. style of play, it needs more fitness, doesn't it, compared to what so they like, I mean, like a boxer, now you can do 12 yeah, rounds. Yeah, 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 I, mean. I think that's right. Um, plus, you know, it would appear to be anecdotally anyway that the players maybe not as fit as what we should have been full mm. stop. So I think there's 
that and playing different roles perhaps than what they have done previously. So it's a, throw that all into the mix. You can see why he said what he said at the start of the, uh, the season, yeah. to be honest with you. I, I can almost understand why people might raise their eyebrows when, when you talk about fitness because you think, well, these are professional athletes who, who spend every day training. Um, why aren't they, you know, as fit as needs as needs be for the job, for the role, for whatever role, whatever manager? But and I, I say I understand that, but then I think that's not recognising the nuances of, of the way that you say different managers approach things. And really, I have to say I think from what I've observed and from clearly what we've all observed, Roberto Martinez and Cumin are quite there's quite a big contrast in that respect. Um, Everton didn't press hardly at all under Martinez. Not certainly not to the level I wanted to see. Sometimes, get me wrong. Now and again, they would, but generally speaking, they just stood off when they didn't have the ball. So it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight, and I think we're still following that process. I know these guys train every day. I know they're fit as a fiddle anyway, young men. But to build up that level of stamina where you're doing it above and beyond, if, if it was that easy, every team would do what Tottenham did against, yeah, against yeah. at, at White Hart Lane. But you've got to have the quality in players as well. It's no good just running around like headless chickens for 90 minutes. Well, you've got, you've got, to, have got to have quality You've got to have well. quality, um, intelligent players who can, who can do it. Because the key point, as you say, anyone can run around. Anyone can get really fit and run around mm-hmm. like a headless chicken. But it's knowing when to press, when to not press, when to go, when not to go, yeah. and doing it consistently for ninety minutes. Because you only need one person not to do it right. And David Silver's played around. But is, is, isn't, isn't the key to hold that point then that you've got our players good enough to play that way? Which was the reason, sorry, Phil. You said Tom Cleverley will play instead of Ross yeah. Barkley, and you're spot on. Yeah, they were the reasons why. A, a rare victory. <laughs> they were the reasons why Ross was sat on the bench and Tom Cleverley was on the pitch because. Cleverly, ability-wise, couldn't lace Barkley's boots. No. But for sheer fitness and work rate, Tom Cleverly, it's head and shoulders above him. And also, we're talking about you know why the kind of his emphasis on the fitness. Because if you looked at the two teams, yes, uh, uh, on Saturday, Man City have got the players to play possession football. We tried to play possession football in the last two and a half, three seasons mm. under Roberto, and evidently we didn't have the players to do that. And Ronald has recognised that and gone well. Where, where, the, where the ethos would have been let the ball do the work in theory under Roberto because we're going to have it all the time it's not really good enough to, to do that now so we'll do the work to get it back we've talked about it what players have we got that suits the way Everton play currently I know he's only been there a couple of months Cumin out of the current crop which players are suited to play this pressing game would you say well, well you've just named one Tom Cleverley yeah. like it or not because mm-hmm. I understand that he's not Ticking the boxes that you really want to be pressing for a top four finish. You don't think I don't think he's of the calibre required for us to be regularly beating teams like City or Tottenham or United. But as it stands, given the squad we've got, that's why he's back in the fold. Mm. Ahead of someone, as you say, who is less talented than than Ross Barkley. Uh, obviously Idris Gay is up to scratch. He's come in under the new manager. Gareth Barry just finds a way. To, he's such an intelligent player, he'll do it anyway. I think both full-backs have got yeah. it. Uh, as when I say both full-backs, I mean your first choices, your, your yeah, Sheamus's yeah. and your Baines. Um, you know, two uh, centre-backs have got it. As well, yeah, centre-backs have got it. I think the problem is is in the final yeah. third. Yeah, yeah. I mean, two centre-backs need to press. Not, 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 not really. they're playing against yeah. uh, a number yeah. ten, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. they've got to press them. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but McCarthy as well. Sorry, McCarthy. Yeah. I have to say, you, you, McCarthy, you're right to mention. It was great to see him back. Yeah, I thought he did. Right. Well. I thought when he yeah. came on, he thought he did well. And I thought cleverly did well. Um, I, you know, people talk, and don't want to talk about um, specifically Saturday, but you know, you only hear like phrase like backs to the wall and all. 
it makes it sound sort of a bit panic state and stuff like that. But I thought it was a really clinical defensive performance on 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 Saturday. That was you can see there was a clearly planned way of playing that the players carried out really really well. Yeah, and and that's what you want to see. It wasn't necessarily like it was all hands to the pump. Type no, thing, no, you know what I mean. Where you think we come away thinking, oh, we were lucky there. They got away. They actually restricted City to. Probably, if you think about it, take away the two penalties. I think City had six shots on target, which there was only three mm. that were with, with the two two great saves by Stecklenberg, and I think the, the one by Inacho by the the near post. And we had two really mm. opportunities, mm. which was De La Feu and Andrew Carke. So I thought it was a clinical defensive performance. You could see, you could see there. That's why Kuman is a proper manager and play. His experience built up over the years enables him to. Yeah. And I don't buy this that you can put anybody out to defend. No, you've got to be able to. But do I, tu- I right touch there. on what you said though. I think I'm not being not being a moaner, but the only thing that undermined that a little bit, and I think Coombe will be hopping mad when he watches it back. Oh, I'm sure he's done that by now. Is the goal because yeah, it was yeah. so clinical and they restricted City didn't tear us apart with yeah. this quick one as Phil as Phil said for Barkley only had to, or Michael Ball rather. Barkley only had to sit and watch the way Aguero and, and Silva. They're not doing fancy flicks and tricks. Now and again they are, but it's all controlled and at a high pace. We weren't torn asunder like that. It actually took Everton to switch off, which they did. I don't know if it was the, that point in the game. I think the City made the substitution. Uh, we didn't clear a corner properly, as you say. And the nature of the goal was frustrating, given how clinical and regimented they were for the rest of the... But to let Nolito kind of steal in, really... I'm, it's just a good one isn't it? I mean, to be fair, I mean, I think we had a problem with clearances for the bit of the afternoon. I mean, mm. though it's easy to criticise Sags for the penalty and Coleman because the two of them, I don't know... The, the first one, yeah, yeah, the yeah. first penalty. It all started by Balassi, did he? Did he, like, one of my nine-nines? That was sort of... <laughs> like, sort of yeah. Oh, yards, it was awful. Like, yeah. and, like, you know, like... Yeah. If you declare that up the pitch, they're not getting a penalty. Mm. So, I think, I think that was a couple of things there but going back to the pressing thing and it was maybe a little bit apparent on Saturday we, we mentioned all the names there and as you said Greg we didn't mention any of the front three or four players of the world. and even Ron he, he sort of first half he, he, he was sulking for yeah, him. yeah and, and then suddenly I mean, even before the goal in the second half I, I assume the managers obviously said something and now Rom had obviously said there was a great deal of positivity the change in <laughs> I suspect there were some strong words headed in his direction because in the second half he was it looked he looked like he just suddenly embraced the idea of what, what he had to do. Yeah. And he knew and he went, actually I've got to do this for the team and uh, and also for myself if we're gonna get anything. So and he, I thought he was really good in the second half. His goal aside which was superb. I think generally he was very good. I think one player that stood out for me was Ashley Williams. I thought he was immense. He, he looks as though he's been playing for Everton for a long, long while. Him and Jack Yelcher, exactly. Him and Jack Yelcher at the back have been outstanding. But him, just head and shoulders, you can just see he's a leader on the pitch. His blocks, his interceptions, the way he carries himself on the pitch. He's exactly what Everton needs, which probably leads us on to our next conversation around Romero Funes Mori. Where does he fit in there? Do Everton look to sell him in January? Or does he even get anywhere near the squad now? I, I don't think, as long as Jags and Ashley Williams stay fit, he can get in that team because I think we might mention it on, on Monday's podcast, so forgive me for repeating it myself, but what really impressed me about Jags and Ashley on Saturday was their positional positional mm. play. Always being in the right place at the mm. right time. In the channel, you know, on the edge of the sort of six-yard box, when crosses are coming in, who's there? It's Jags or it's Williams. Getting the body in the way, clearing it. They just know where to be. Now, I don't think Funes Mori 
he's not as experienced, so we've got to we've got to mm. acknowledge that. I don't think he's that type of defender from what I've seen. And, and, and even I'd love to, to prove me wrong because you know we spent a lot of money on him, um, and well, it was for us back then, yeah. wasn't it? Um, I think he's more of a heart on your sleeve, intense defender, but he plays on the edge. Yeah. He'll either smash a, a, an opposition centre uh, forward and win a massive header to seal the game, and he'll go up the other end and score the winning goal, yeah. or he'll cost you. He plays on the edge for me too mm. much. I think Mason Holgate's ahead of him now when you're looking at someone to back up. The only thing with Funes going for him is he's left footed. Yeah. yeah. And it does, it does give you the goal threat as well. Yeah. I mean, going back to your point, uh, I mean, it was a great goal by Ron, but it started by great clearance at the near post. Was it, was it Jags or Williams where he slid so. in and kept it? Well, in Ashley it. Williams. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah no, And it was a great goal, to be honest with you. You say about Ron, but it was a great goal between. It went from um, Williams to Oviedo, who beat the man to. Yeah, I went to Lukaku as well because Otamendi got drawn out, didn't he? Yes. Followed Lukaku mm-hmm. and I went back to game to, to Balassi. So we scored to... from about five or six touches before it got to Rom from mm-hmm. sort of the edge of you know the our near post. Yeah. Without it's the good, city good, play yeah, with really the city good. flag not touching the ball. And I thought well, it was a good well, goal from that, start to finish. I mean we're not I'm, I don't want to blow the the podcast trumpet for itself but I'm sure we said all all of us said early on in the season when we were talking about how we play mm. and that we mentioned City early on and we all kind mm. of said on the counter attack we'd be, we'd be confident because we've got Yannick now yeah. and so it proved as I said he suited we, we've seen the games this season Yannick Balassi hasn't pulled up any trees at home but away from home we've been yeah, really good so far he comes alive doesn't yeah, he yeah definitely I have to say just final, finally thoughts on City before we talk about Burnley I think what really pleased me with Ron, and I'm up and down with him, I'm generally speaking sometimes, I know I give him a hard drive, maybe I'm not his biggest fan in some aspects, but I've never doubted his ability. And if we get a chance, they're at a premium at the Etihad, mm. and we've got to be clinical. And, you know, generally speaking, I'd have said to you, he might have fluffed that, but fair play to him, mm. it was an absolutely brilliant finish, and he had a lot to do, by the way, yeah. and, and it was great. And if he can maintain those levels of second-half desire, intensity, and that, that clinical edge then he'll do for me do, do you day. think he needs that sounds stupid here but he, he needs a centre half to go through the back of him in the first five minutes or he needs an early goal for him to, to make his game come alive it sounds stupid really yeah. but some strikers need that he seems to me as if he needs that I don't think he needs a centre half to go through the back of him because I think that just that just like but it's to wake, wake some up Phil doesn't he I don't know if he does I don't think he's that type of player I don't think he gets riled by that and goes, right, I'm showing you. It doesn't strike me as that sort of person. What, what does he strike him like? What co- he, he strikes me, and I've said it before, he strikes me as the sort of person that feeds off the rest of the team's performance. And if he goes, oh, we were on it today, right, I want to be on it as well. <laughs> I, that's yeah. how, I mean, I'm amateur psychology. Yeah. You, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you never see Everton where they're stinking out from one to nine and then he's there on Rarely. his own. I mean, last season, Spurs at home won all. He, he led the line really well. Yeah. Um, obviously, he, he did it against Chelsea in the Cup. Yeah. But we're talking about selective games now. That's that's the challenge for him. I mean, it always has but been. A game, sorry, sorry. Dan, a game when the goals have come from Rom this season, it's the attacking midfielders have been closer to him, supporting yeah. him. He feeds off. He, all the time. And uh, you don't have to be Einstein to work this out. So when... When a Balassi or a Delafeu or a Morales are so close to Rom, that's when his game comes alive because well, defenders are getting dragged out. Why do you think he tried to sign Gabby Adin? It was clear he yeah. needs someone supporting him, getting closer to him than we've managed for large parts of last season. Yeah, I mean, two things I'd say about Rom is first on Saturday, 
as soon as he got the ball there I thought that's going in the yeah, net yeah, there was yeah, a lot yeah. every Everton fan watching that game thinking yeah. he's going to score here as soon as he picked up the ball and the other, the other thing I'd say is and I've mentioned this before on the podcast that's why we're paying Cumin £6 million a year to, to resolve that problem mm-hmm. I mean as a, as a relationship with the yeah. players actually it's up Cumin using all his experience to say listen yeah. You know, Harry Katzik used to do it with Joe Royal. Joe Royal was exactly the same. Right. He was well known as like the soft centred centre forward. Yeah. You know, Joe Big Gentle A was giant, fire, yeah. like, you know? And you could never get Joe to yeah. to um, you know you know. And, and Joe was a big fella. You know, he was thirty and a half stone. You know, um, get him to throw his weight down because right. he. He's, I wouldn't say it's the same mentality, Ron, but that that sort of yeah. some players are just like, like that, aren't yeah. they? And and if that's up to Cumin and Ron working together with the backroom yeah. team to sort of get them playing you know, like he can. But the problem has been the problem right throughout Ron Lewis' career, career from when he was at Anderlecht right to this point. He still scores goals. He's got six and eight. So you're going. He's scoring goals. He's getting his wins. He's getting his points. So you know, how can I be? How can I complain? He's the best striker we've had at the club for many years. Many years. Whichever way you want to look at it, for work rate or heading or shooting, shots on target, whichever way you look at it, he's one of the best I'll, centre forwards we've had in a blue shirt in 20 years. I'll just count, I'll, I'll see that and raise his first touch before well, we crack on. And so goals, I agree with Tony. Because strikers are there for a the reason, yeah. Greg. They're there to do a job. And hold the ball. And know, up hold as the well. ball. Well, do, you want, do you want someone like Marcus Bent to run the channels and score 10 goals a season? Or do you want someone who's paid to put the ball in the back of the net? wants to control the football. When yeah, but if he's scored in 20 seasons, that's what he's paid to do, isn't he? That's so, it, but that's the eternal... It's an interesting that's point. That's the eternal debate. It, it, could, it could, could be argued, sorry, Phil. It could sorry. be argued that the three behind Tom are working as well as what they, they should be doing because Tom doesn't hold the ball and bring him into play so he could, they, they can run off him, you know. There's, there's... If he's scoring 20 goals a season... That's why I said this has been the problem. You know, and I remember speaking to his old coach at Anderlecht, he said... We couldn't take him out of the team and develop him properly and work on his touch. Take him out for a few weeks yeah. so you were because mm. he was scoring. Yeah, and the crowd would go mad if he wasn't playing. <laughs> yeah. and the problem five, six, seven years on is still the same. Mm. He's just very slowly getting better at some of those things. Would you back him to score against Burnley on Saturday? Well, <laughs> <laughs> never mind his first touch. Would, would you back him to score on Saturday? I would, I would certainly. Back <laughs> I would certainly hope. Yeah, exactly. If it's played in front of him or into the channels to run onto, then yeah. I mean, Burnley is an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's almost like whilst we've got this sniff of being in and amongst it, which we still very much are. You know, it, it feels like a must-win game for me. You look at the form there and coming into the game. All right, they're at home, uh, and Sean Dyche is no mug. He's got a, he's actually got a half decent squad there. Yeah, yeah. Sounds condescending, it isn't meant to, but I still think we should be going there and turning them over. Yeah, definitely, I agree. But when you think about it, this is going to be a totally different game. I know it sounds stupid, but against Manchester City, Burnley stats this season proved that off the ball they are top of the list. They'll be pressing as much as Everton will be looking to press, and then won't they? Yeah. That's the way Burnley play. And the thing is, you look at Burnley's form, and I watched a bit of the game. Um, Played Southampton, didn't he, on Sunday? And you know, they've been to Leicester and been beaten by the same or 3 0 and stuff. Home form is where it's at for them. Yeah. And you, if I, I watched them play Arsenal at home and they got done, didn't he, by a very mm. controversial goal in the 95th, 6th minute, or whatever it was, you would probably argue Burnley were a match for them, if not the better team on the day, went close themselves a couple of times. Because Turf Moor will be behind them on Saturday because they know they're better at home. They'll be tight, they'll compact, they'll work hard, as you mm. say, Tony. And so it's a really interesting game because for them, you know, if you're if privately Sean Dyche is probably going, 
get a point here, we'll be happy. You know, yeah. we, we know we'll be quietly confident we can maybe upset them and get three. But if you said to me you can get a point and, and go home, be pleased. So Di- they'll, be, they'll be set up to a frustrate. Different team, so obviously different tactics. Does Ross come in and replace Tom Cleverley? Yeah, it's a good good question. So I, it it all depends what I guess he's been like in training in the meantime because Ross strikes me as someone who's. I don't think there's an atti- ever an attitude issue mm. there. So I think he'll have taken it on the chin, being rested, dropped, whatever you like. Mm. Hopefully he will have watched and learned. And I'd be tempted to, to recall him. But then again, you drop him cleverly. Then Okay, it's horses for courses, and I don't think Kuman will lose a, a millisecond sleep over whatever decision he does. But uh, maybe, yeah, maybe this is a chance for Ross to come back into it. Or does he just stick with the team as, as it finished? He against, like sticking with teams against against that. City, and maybe think to use Ross from the bench because I think what a lot of people felt Ross needed was a period of coming out of the limelight and starting with him straight away. After I wonder if that's not really, you know, a bit contrary to the plan for Ross's chances of getting him back on track. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I mean, there's there's some other selection issues there as well. You, you keep your front three like you did on. Saturday. No chance to start. Yeah, yeah. I think we all know who I, I don't think starts. Yeah, dropping Rom. Yeah, <laughs> I've told you it's his first touch. <laughs> no, no, not Rom. Not so, Rom. Morales. I would oh, yeah. personally. I would. Yeah, all day. Or would you bring Morales to start instead of Jared De La Feu? Yeah. Are oh, you going four two three one? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I mean, could you could you um, play? Could you play? Setting aside, if you brought Morales in for Taylor Fay, still play what he did on Saturday, but play cleverly further up the pitch. I don't think um, he ever does anything when he's played further okay. up the pitch, though, mate. That's my issue. No, personally. Yeah. That's yeah. my issue with Tommy. I, I've said it before. He hasn't got an identity. He hasn't got yeah. a position yeah. for me. Morales said he could do it. <laughs> yeah, and that's part of the whole spiel of when he signed him. He said he was going to play up there, but yeah. that quickly changed. I think, I think if I was Tom, I'd be saying to myself, the, the position and place I could excel slash progress under Koeman is where he played on Saturday at City. Because yeah. I can't see I can't see Koeman no. loving him on that. Because on he's it, not yeah. quick, is he? He's not a quick player. I don't think he's got the ability that way as well. No. Joke, uh, he hasn't. He hasn't got the ability where, to unlock a defence. Where did he used to play for United? He was sort of in the, he, the mould where he's playing yeah, now for Everton. He, he played holding, didn't he, a few times? And yeah. the, that, that's been an issue, hasn't he, in his career? But saying that, interestingly, I remember when he was at Wigan, he was creating lots of chances there and he scored lots of goals. But that's the thing, he played every week. Yeah. Didn't he? He, was, he was like, you're, on, you're in the team, you'll get. And that's what I mean. I, he doesn't, for me, I don't think Cumin. I don't know, I've not asked him, but I'm guessing you won't see enough of him in an attacking sense. He's not quick like Balassi, he's not strong like Balassi, and he's not as talented as someone like a David Silver, etc. Yeah. So I think his best chance at Everton to prolong his, his career at Goodison is to, to fight for one of those defensive mm. positions. Going back to the Ross point, Dad, but taking all that on board, has Ross done enough to stay in the team to, to, to get a recall? Uh, for me, no. Not, not for me, because when he's come in, he was taking out the team for a few for a game or so, wasn't he? Taking off against Sunderland, come back in, didn't pull up any trees, and he's been dropped since. So no, he hasn't justified it. We can't just play him because he's Ross Barkley and he's a scout and he's an Evertonian, because he's got great ability. Yeah, we all know that, but performances on the pitch haven't justified the selection. So for me, I think Tom Cleverley starts and Ross is on the bench again, and until he lands, when he comes in and he gets his chance, he's got to work. The socks off. 
and get it and keep his shirts because he hasn't done it this season. I don't know if work work rate's a problem for me with Ross. I, I think it is. I think it's massive. I think I think that he's he's taken on board what Ronald said, and I think he does work hard. Maybe he doesn't do it in the right areas. I'll I'll you know concede to that. I think the problem is is what he does he does when he gets it, when he gets the ball. This is where he's where he's, his strengths lie. That's what Ross is about. That's where he should come alive. When he gets the ball and he can run at defences. And that's why I don't think he's in the team because I don't think he's been doing it enough. And, you know, Rats made that point, didn't he, in his column a few weeks back saying he thinks Ross slows up the play. And I'm starting to, I'm starting to see that. Yeah, yeah, and do you know what else as well? And, and to be fair to him, this hasn't been an issue in, in the past. I don't know why. The lad, it's just like he's this crisis of confidence, but he doesn't score enough goals as well. If you're going to play in that position and have the reputation, well, forget reputation, that's unfair on him. He doesn't pose enough of a goal threat anymore. No, not, no. Not, I'd, I'd like to know how many shots he's had this season. Uh, for me, it won't be as many as he's had when he first burst onto the scene yeah. and, he, and he, he was backing himself, he was shooting from distance and if they weren't going in, Everton were winning the corner. You, you saw progress last season in that, though, didn't we? He scored 12 Yeah, goals. he scored a lot of goals before Christmas, the, didn't he? Yeah, right yeah, yeah, he, was, he, yeah. Spoke, he spoke about getting in the right area. He scored a couple for England as well, didn't he? Mm. Um, yeah, it's just... It's Did you start him like, on two sort of start him on Saturday, Gav? Um. I'd, 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 I'd stick with it. If you wanted me to show a faith team, in the team, I, I would, I would, I'd stick with the four-three-three from Saturday. When you mess around with the three yeah. in the middle, and and as Greg said, probably put Morales instead of David Feu. And and between Idrissa Gay and cleverly get at all times get one of them third up the pitch. You'd expect, you'd expect Burnley to play like they did against Liverpool, wasn't it? it was eighty odd percent possession or yeah. some, something ridiculous? Yeah. Liverpool lads. Uh, I I would do that because I don't think Ross has done enough to get back on the team. And I think after after a performance like that at City, and I know what people say, I was defensive, blah blah blah. I, I I think you'd have to say that the seven at the back or whatever in the in the midfield deserve enough another chance. Do we we're playing Burnley here on Saturday, man for man, Everton much better than Burnley. So why would we be going there with three midfielders of the ilk of Cleverly, Guy and Barry? Surely we should be a bit more attacking. Would he go 4-4-2 and throw Valencia up there? You've got him Valencia, you've got him yeah. well, no, no, yeah. This is the thing. You, so you, I know what you're saying. saying. You, you don't want to play Burnley with three midfielders, do you? You've got to look at his options, and that's yeah. the problem, yeah. is that he hasn't really got the options to do what you're saying. Valencia, the jury's well and truly still out. Yeah. Um, and that's it, really, isn't it? So who else can you? So he's only got a choice between yeah, Valencia and Barkley to change things around. The number ten that they really probably needed. They didn't get a support striker for Rom. Maybe that's one and the same. They didn't get another midfielder. Maybe a more attacking midfielder, which hinted that they might have wanted. And therefore, with the un- unfinished article until January. When you look back to when we went to Turf Moor in, was it October 2014? Yeah. Samuel Leto. There you go. Samuel Leto. And, and you think he scored two, man of the match, yeah. played them off the park, and you think that just highlights how much of that position has been a problem for Everton, yeah. going all the way back does, and before, yeah. and obviously it didn't work out with Leto for various reasons. Yeah. Yeah, we got away with it for years because we had PNR and Baines on the left, didn't we? And it's yeah. just exactly we got away it's with the, the like, creative yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, they were the number ten word between them. Yeah. You know? and, and yeah. Sorry to bring Liverpool into this, but you hear we hear Reds fans that are our mates going, "We've got a problem finding a left back," and that's been a problem since 
God knows when. Everton's problems ten. Ten, yeah. Completely. You can't, you can't Liverpool, solve them. Liverpool are like queuing them up. Yeah. You know, we're like, why yeah. are we not found yeah, one? Is this a case of Everton just getting as many points as they can till January, Greg? And I then think maybe so, mate, yeah. number 10. I think so. To listen, I'm just going to have to throw as much mud at this until it sticks and then... I, I think you're absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And I just think, you know, getting on to what Phil said again, I remember Martinez having a discussion with him about Nolito. They played... At Goodison in pre-season and Nolito played very well and he was a known factor going into the game anyway yeah. Martinez just we asked him about him don't think he's got it in the Premier League I don't think he'll, he'll be able to do it in England look I'm not saying he's he's proven already that he is mm. the real deal at City but I think we've seen he can do it yeah. you know what I mean I think we've seen he's an effective player just a, and I'm not not having a dig at, well it is having a dig at Martinez yeah. but he's not the only one who hasn't solved that conundrum um, Moyes didn't, you know what I mean. Morales at different times he tried to play there, and at one point it seemed like maybe that's his position. I don't really think it is actually. I think Morales has probably has to play off the sides. Do, do we think that although I mean, we can't we can't kind of become contradictory about it, but you know we've all been kind of praising the clubs despite this newfound wealth, the degree of prudence they've shown and and not wanting to be had off for one of the better yeah. transfer market. But do we come to a situation where it's become such a problem for so long, it has to be solved, that we have to be willing as a football club to take a gamble and pay the asking price on a player that we believe is good enough? Yeah. Or more than the asking price in some... Yeah. You know, do you know the market I mean? price, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or just pray that Steve Walsh can pluck another Mahrez out of the bag. Mm. I, th- I think we probably need both, mm. don't we, at this mm. stage? I, I, I just think for Saturday, I'm thinking about this... Is sometimes don't do what the opposition are expecting you to do, and I think I'm just wondering whether like they'll be expecting Barkley to play and we'll plan mm. for that. Is whether actually we don't do that, does that draw them out? Will they or be drawn? drawn? Will they? Will they be drawn? They're going to be in our faces from the off. They're going to be straight in our faces. I don't like the way against Liverpool, like the way at all. Or every on game this season, they've been in your faces. Crucial from Keane. Keane's good for doing the We've yeah. seen as well, obviously Everton susceptible from crosses as we've seen on Saturday. Burnley going to be whipping them in. Yeah, yeah. It's, does it sound a little bit like the Bournemouth fixture? No, I don't say that, Gav. I'm just, I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not saying that the result will be the same. But you know I, mean? I know what you mean. No, that's the thing. So what, what have we learned from that game then? That we couldn't press very well because we against Bournemouth. We have moved on since then, haven't we? Because we've got Bournemouth are a better possession-based team than Burnley, but yeah. If Burnley, obviously. Good possession sides. Burnley are going to be the subtle opposite of that, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. What we can't Burnley let Everton have the ball and then get an play off him with Boyd, what, we, what we cannot afford to do is what we've you ask rightly, what have we learned is only turn up one half. A slow start could be really dangerous at Turf Moor because yeah. if they get slithered a light at the end of the tunnel, we might be in this area or even worse, well, score first. And, 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 you know, and, and it's going to be difficult. For, once, for not one second in my comparison to Watford, but Watford found to their cost. When they they were a slow start, they weren't pressing correctly. Yeah. Because yeah. Troy Deeney came out after the game when they'd yeah. be, been beaten 2 0. Yeah. And tore a strip off these teammates, didn't yeah. he? He yeah. said, didn't he, after the yeah. you know, we were, that. You know, yeah. that's, it's about, it, as you say, about stringing two 45s together, but it's about ridding ourselves of slow start because they'll be up for it, it's out of the blocks, and it'll be a physical game, won't it? Yeah. So it, 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 it's letting them know early. I know this is all football parlance and mm. intangibles and stuff, but it's saying early on, you won't out muscle us, you won't out run us, you won't out jump us. 
So how are you going? Are you going to outplay us? No, the the clips I've seen of Burnley this season, Vokes is in trouble. To, to what mm. he does, he holds the ball up, he turns, he brings midfielders into play. So I think Ashley Williams and Fraser they've got to get hold of him because yeah. he's making yeah, he's yeah. making them tick more than anything. Well, in that case, it can't be like it was at Bournemouth where Wilson <laughs> just yeah. bullied, not bullied, but. He just had jags off, really. Yeah, it was yeah. frustrating. Phil was on it straight away. Mm. It's like there's two really experienced, tough, Premier Division-worn centre-backs. And Wilson just had a bit of a field day. Yeah, they learned, surely they've learned from that, haven't they? They should have known anyway, but yeah. So in addition to that, because the, what Bournemouth did, they used Wilson, Wilson come, come short, flick-ons, you then use the channels. Oviedo, and I'm hopeful slash confident that he's learned from that, has got to get his position play right because remember that, that time at Bournemouth they, lo- they lobbed it forward Wilson beat Williams in the air if, if Oviedo had held his position which was 10 yards behind where he should have been he would have collected the ball but you stood right under Williams because he thought he had to press Yeah, it was, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It was the stupidest decision you've ever made well, and well, they get him behind so that's what Burnley will be looking at and they'll be targeting Oviedo well, well, is he no chance of Baines what's the I don't think so do we at this no, stage no. doesn't look good no what do you do I know I'm coming off the back of like my successful 4-3-3 prediction <laughs> yeah, last Friday, by the way. <laughs> Who called City, by the way? Yeah. 1-1. One, one. Yeah. There was two shots at 1-1, wasn't he? It was me as well, by the was way. So cap, I yeah. 4-3-3 <laughs> and 1-0. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, you, you know what I mean? That is probably the only time ever in the podcast. But is there an option to play? Bear in mind our, you know, what we're saying about getting that three behinds wrong. Not, it's not working or whatever. Would you play like three centre halves and play the two full backs really high up the pitch? Three five two and play play Baines <laughs> and, and Oviedo was not Baines Oviedo and Coleman, and Coleman as sort of wing and then like you jiggle around with your three in the middle mm-hmm. and play Balassi and and Rom as, as I think two. I think when it's interesting I think Balassi's got to be a lot more closer this season when he's got to be supporting Rom. He's got to be yeah. a number 10, so to speak. Mm. We've just been saying that creativity, that's what we're lacking. Well, I think we, we, we could possibly already have it in the team, as in Yannick Balassi. He creates chances. He causes havoc for defences, so why not push him no, more forward? We think we're falling into the trap of putting square pegs in round holes. But, but if we're he's not creative, he is. You're right, he's got those qualities, but he's a winger. So let's not say, well, but he can play as a 10 right up to Ross. And therefore, we solved the problem. Let's have that potential to cause that that creativity from the flanks and find that player to come in and but play. That as we just said, he's going to plug gaps till January. Would oh, yeah, he sorry, yeah, maybe. Sorry, yeah, I thought you were saying no. What would yeah. he do that? Would he say to Balassi, "You're playing as my number ten, Delafeu Morales on the wings"? I was going to say width to me would be vital on Saturday because they're going to be compact, aren't they? Oh Sean yeah, I shall have them. The more chance you can get to spread them. And yeah. Stretch them the better yeah. because yeah. trying to play through the middle of Burnley is not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Three five two might be a better option on the on Saturday, um, if only because it, we haven't really got like up the top mm. at the moment. We haven't really, the wide men aren't really working. Mm. If you want Balassi to move inside, and maybe that could be an option. I mean, you can always change it, can't you? I mean, Ronald changed after thirty minutes at West mm. Brom, didn't yeah. he? So what we're saying is here is is just what the starting eleven is. What we've learned is that. You know, <laughs> if it's not working, he'll change, change it pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did change it, didn't he? Sitting second yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what? He might. I don't think he should, but I could sort of envision a situation where he just starts with De La Faye. 
because yeah. the more you say that, you're absolutely right. Width is going to be crucial. But, but why was, there was one little point, sorry, where Dale Fell, from all his frustrations, which obviously you know there's many, he did. He showed that little flash of his quality. He cut inside and he had a half decent effort. Which uh, did did it just safety, it tipped Bravo, it over? Safety, yeah. Won a corner. For me, he doesn't do it anywhere nearly enough. But I almost wouldn't be surprised if he started. But why does he keep his place in the team when the likes of Ross? Like, well, why? why did he start ahead of Morales anyway? Well, I th- it's been like they've been much of a muchness. It's either Morales or Delafe. Well, for me, it's all. For me, it should be Morales. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised, given that that he started them at City of all places. If he obviously sees something that's worth persevering with, maybe he's doing it right in training. So I'm arguing against my own kind of intuition is that mm. I'd always start Morales, but. Maybe Kevin isn't doing it in training. What, what shows you if he's swapping Morales and Zalafeu? It looks to me on a weekly basis. It looks to me as if he's becoming frustrated with the pair of them. I, I'd say so. By, if he if he hasn't settled with Morales or Zalafeu in the team, not one of them have had like five or six games on the spin after. Isn't, exactly. isn't it interesting how kind of perception? Maybe some people listen to this. They they've never they wouldn't agree with this, but perceptions change. Where we we were kind of like. Overloaded with wingers at one point in the previous, it, it re-realm. Oh, I just signed wingers and yeah. never playing properly. You look at it now, going probably we've got a lack of wingers yeah. of the right quality or yeah. the right consistency. Yeah. Well, we've got Balassi on one. Obviously, we've just sort of, it's just them. That's what it's the option. We've got yeah. Lennon as well, haven't you? But again, is he, where's he? Does he well, now? Yeah, we've got wingers, but we haven't got. Yeah, I'm going to say Premier League quality wingers. We haven't got a consistent one, have we? Wingers that fit in with. Ronald Koeman's exactly. oh, that's yeah. what, what it is, isn't it? Really, I mean, we, we have got you know half a bench full of them if you think about it. Yeah, it, it, interesting. So obviously, the, you know, Burnley is what we're looking at. Then 24 hours later, we've got the mini derby under 23s away at Tranmere. Uh, David Unsworth's side going to uh, across the water, filling really buoyant frame of mind after sounds like a bit of a mad game in Reading, really. Top of the league, yeah. 6-3, yeah. 6-2? Um, 6-3. Six, 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 yeah, they were 2-0 uh, down after next to no time. And Boom, then, the ass time. Big Umani <laughs> 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 asked, 21-minute hat-trick, gets them into the lead. Go and score and get three more after the break, I think, and yeah. concede another. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're flying. Um, I don't think Unzi would be too impressed if I had to concede three goals. Did we put uh, Martinez in charge of that game? I'm <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea all over again. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they are, they're flying. Um, and I think they are feeling the benefits, even though the new loan system has come in for significant criticism, Unsworth included. The strength and depth that they've got available to them now, I think they've got a squad of about 30 players. Right. The 23s and... They're seriously looking now like they could go and win that league. I know they're only playing games, but it's, it's a shortened, shortened league to what a, the, the first team would play. And they're consistent, they're hard to beat, they, they play quick football, they press well, they've got a lot of talent. You know, players that last season we were saying should be in the first team are now just regulars in the 23. So you think about that quality they've got. And they're going into Sunday's favourites. There's going to be a bit of a conundrum come January time, I say, if they're going into this under-23s, the top of the league, the flying, chance of winning the league, but there's going to be a lot of clubs looking to get these players on loan, isn't he? So where, where do you see this going? It's, it's difficult, and, and, and that's kind of one of the criticisms and where Unzi was kind of frustrated with it. And I know players have been frustrated, and, 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 and they're people who maybe want to see those lads go and play in the football league because you know there's still a feeling... 
that maybe under twenty three football and all the associated games are still a little bit sterile. It's not quite the same as going and playing in the league in League One, League Two for six months. And that's the difficulty. But it ultimately, even if there was a chance to win the league or something, it's always about the individual player. The club will always make the decision for what's the benefit of that player and their development. But it's difficult because they can't be called. Because, because they're doing so well, Greg, as Phil's just touched on, it is about the player and what he can do, bring to the first team, exactly, more importantly, yeah. and actually winning the under-23 league. That, that, that's gone on for years. That, I think that's what probably... In answer, you've seen Chelsea, Manchester City, their under-23s and their youth teams have won leagues and cups. But there's still no player come from their youth team yeah. to the first team. Yeah. The whole route and the, the problem, that's, that's what it is. But this is where Everton come to the, come to the, the fold, is that them players, they can finish bottom of the league for all the concerns, yeah. but for the benefit of the player is to go out on loan or go elsewhere and yeah. become a first team regular. I remember Gav saying something similar over the summer where we, we spoke about Everton's academy as well. It's, it's, it's bridging that gap and I know Gav... It's, it's impossible to bridge. Well, not impossible, but it's far difficult to, to bridge than what it was. Hmm. Because of... It's, it's, it's wider now. It's, yeah, it's, it's re- reserve team football years ago. It wasn't that difficult because you had like, a lot of first teams because you... But everything has, in the last 30 years has conspired against yes. uh, young players going, going off through the ranks from uh, basically older play, players playing longer, yeah. longer yeah. careers. You know, the, the fitness levels, as we spoke about at the start of the... the, the, the I think it's that show there, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Letterman. You know, the size of the matchday squads where you now got 18, so yeah. that means you, you can't... You know, you, you, you can't get away with having a squad of 13, 14 before, mm. you know, like you used to for years ago and have one sub. This is 18. That, that means that there's no... There's no scope for any young players to come into the starting left because you've got 18, 20 first team yeah. players, you know. Yeah. Um, there's a whole host of Bosman Rule and foreign players, all, all this type of thing has all conspired yeah. against young players coming through through the ranks. And um, and I won't say impossible is not the word, but it's far difficult and it's getting yeah. more and more difficult. And most probably most important thing within that is managers will get two or three years if they're lucky to this sort is out. It. And who's going to, you know, you'd be... You, you wouldn't want to. You'd be very unwise to invest in a youth policy if you've got two or three years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they go back to the class '92 figs and got them in after he'd won two, got two or three titles. So we had the new ad time. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to do that now. Definitely. So all them things combined to mean that it's yeah. very difficult. I think. I think it's in the current situation, everything with Ron Coombe, I think I totally agree with you, Gav. I think yeah. he is. Now, as you say, he's, he's all about this contract, his three-year contract, and getting Everton back into Europe and getting and being at the end of the three years a team that could challenge for the top four. Now, you have got to be an exceptional player in the academy mm. to, because he, the uh, the manager is weighing up a situation where he goes, right, do I pick an exceptionally talented? Oh, sorry, do I pick a talented young player from the academy and all that goes with it, all of the you know the goodwill and and. And, and everything that goes with it, he'll give me everything. He's talented, but he's young and he's inexperienced. Or do I pick a less talented, but yeah. wiser, more experienced player who knows the Premier League and I know what I'll get from him? And it's and, it, and I totally, I've got sympathy on both sides. Yeah, yeah. It is horrendously well, difficult. Ex- ask Tom Davis and Tom Cleverly that mm. question, and I think so far we've seen, as you've just said, Kumin is on the side of caution at slash experience. Um, 
you know, would, would date that, that was the almost the dynamic I think that kind of proves your point. However, Phil, you've watched a lot of the under twenty threes over the last eighteen eighteen months, two years. How exciting a talent is Liam Walsh? Because he, I, people are still talking about him. He just seems to me to, to me to be getting better and better. I think in the last three to four months, he's really kicked on. And it, the, the sort of cruel irony was that on deadline day, he had offers to leave on loan, but the club kind of said, no, we want you to stay at Everton. We feel that at least until January, this is the best thing for you. Now, by all accounts, I wasn't at Reading on Monday, but by all accounts, he was excellent. He was excellent at Cheltenham when they got beat. Um, the, the thing with Liam, I guess, is is whether he's physically ready to. to That's step. what I was going to say. And he's and his physique for me. But that, to I mean, play in that role, he, but he's a, he's incredibly talented young lad, and he's so tenacious. And it's difficult because you want to say, well, let's give him a chance. Let's see if his talent and his tenacity and his will to win and you know his Evertonian spirit negates the fact that he's not the biggest lad because he's because he's playing against big lads every day, just not men. He's gone and done it at Yeovil. Yeah, but he was. So, sent, I remember, sorry, Phil. I remember him. He was sent out on loan against Yeovil last season, wasn't he? And I think there was a couple of games where I was watching him, mm. and he was getting frustrated. And I think he got sent off in one of the yeah. matches as well because these are big lads he's playing against. And for me, I'm not doubting the lad's ability. He, he looks brilliant. But if you're to step up to the Premier League, yes. you've got to be physically and mentally right. And he does for a, for a player who plays in the position that he's playing in. He's got to be physically right. So and he, he doesn't seem that for me. He seems too small. Playing devil's advocate, and I'm not saying yeah. Liam Walsh is as good as David Silver. Yeah. But David Silver isn't a big lad. Now, I know he's a wonderful player. So, is there not an argument to say, well, if he can do it, why can't Liam Walsh be given... I think you have to be really special. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, if you yeah. haven't got the physique of a, a player of that ilk, well, you've got to be extra special well, what in your about, What about... On the other end of the scale from David Silva, you know, not not maybe not not that far down the scale. I'm not being disrespectful, but Leon Osman came into the Premier League 11 years ago. It, it might have been more physical than ever, but it was still full of men then as well. Um, and he thrived, and he made rightly or wrongly, and what because I can see your face t- <laughs> sour and quickly. <laughs> he had a career without ever being this unit in the centre that you. And I know what you mean. And the thing is, Cumin does like powerful, strong. Yeah. And that's what might go against Liam at the moment, uh, unless nature kind of you know gets a, gets a move on with him and he does develop that power. But I just think, we've seen Tom Davis now. I remember watching him eighteen months ago when we were there in Southport. He looked like a young, skinny little lad who was just playing in midfield. And we've seen him in the pre-season this season, and he's physically built himself up. Yeah, he's he's been in the gym, massive, you yeah. can see it. But then I would say, and I, 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 I really, really like Tom as a player, he's not been really anywhere near the first team, has he? So which is all goes back mm. to the point I'm making. I, I, I fear that it's the gap is actually growing at the minute, and you've got to be exceptional. And maybe you've got to be a player like Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who's been in the Football League yeah. at Sheffield United and Northampton, and played... And has, has gone well. It's gone to Coom. Look, well, I've 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 played against men. Yeah. yeah. So I know what it's all about. So keep an eye on me because I'll be ready. It's, it's interesting on that, isn't it? Um, I was thinking back to Ryan Ledson a couple of years ago was yeah. the, the next big thing, and yeah. it sort of you know that didn't happen. And you know I'm not. The thing is about this is Evans Academy obviously at the moment is really, you know it's not a reflection on Ev- Edmund, Ev- 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 <laughs> Everton's Academy per se, is it? It's no. just a reflection on. 
the way football in this country yeah. is structured, isn't it? Uh, and and I, I agree. I agree with Phil. Um, I think you'll see in the future more along the lines of the the Deli Alley model of of mm. picking the better players from the you know from the the lower mm. divisions mm. who surely yeah. can do it, and they'll be like. The academy graduates. I I think you'll end up, and that's not reflects on evidence. No, academy. No. It's just it's just the economics of football. And if you look at the graduates in inverted commas that we've seen and have, have had a decent run in the first team over the last few years, Brendan Galloway came from MK Dons. Yeah. John Stones came from Barnsley. Mason Holgate came yeah, from, from Barnsley. Barnsley. Yeah. And as you say, it's absolutely not a reflection on the talent and the ability and the coaching of Evans Academy because it's first class. Arguably, I'd say second turn on people at banging on about Chelsea's this week but I think they need to come to Finch Farm and have a look yeah. but it's, 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 it's being able to say to a manager like Ron Koeman who's come in from outside I'm good enough you can rely on me and it's difficult and, it's, and, I, and if, we're, if we're struggling to find you know to, to even kind of come up with an opinion either way imagine how difficult it is for, for Unzi and Ronald yeah. and the team because they're seeing talented players and they're wrestling with, with, their, with their ideas so this game on, on the weekend against Liverpool Every every listener right now is going to be seeing. Well, Phil, you're a regular watching the under twenty threes. What key players shall they look out for? They're going to say, who's, who's playing well? Who's, who should we look out well, for? We, who are the players they yeah. should be looking out for in the well, derby? Well, we've mentioned two: Liam Walsh and Dominic Calvert Lewin. They're really on it at the minute. The goalkeeper, Phil, you've you've written. Yeah, recently. I think yeah, I think I think Matty Hula has, has impressed me when I've seen him recently. Um, we signed him from a lower league club to me. He'd be playing in Ireland. Ireland, yeah. So he came over as nineteen, no, sixteen year old, I think. Yeah. So. So I would I would definitely say those three. Um, I'd say one to to look at um, if he might not play as doesn't always start. Harry Charlesley, he's an interesting player. Mm. Loads of energy, non-stop. You know, he, Evertonians if he played would immediately fall in love with him because he he's, he gives everything. Um, and he's he's a he's a, he's, a, he's a talented lad. You know, he's not he's not a Liam Walsh talent in that yeah. respect, but he makes right decisions and. You know, um, John Joe Kenny's a great lad. Yeah. I think I think his decision making is excellent, and he's come back from a football league experience, and he looks more of a rounded player. But again, the difficult we talk about Liam and size, and it's mm. difficult. And you look at John Joe, and you go, "Well, where do you play?" Sometimes he's playing at fullback for twenty three, sometimes yeah. centre half, and you go, "Well, I feel sorry for him because how is he going to impress Ronald Koeman at centre half? Because it's clearly not, no, nowhere stop. near, nowhere near the size to be centre half. But obviously, you know, yeah. circumstance, and he, he does a good job. It's, but he's a, he's, a, he's a great little player. Um, he's got everything, but mm. he does. He's just not six foot six. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that, that, that shows you how well the under twenty three is doing. Phil, you never mentioned Dowell or Davis in well, that place. Yeah, I mean, that the, just goes to show yeah, doesn't how well they're doing. Yeah, I mean, that, that oh, was one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, that was it. Stalin was at 5 0 at Arsenal. Yeah. I mean, that, if you're going to Arsenal with their track record mm. and winning 5 0, I mean, that, I mean they, that must be one of the best performances by any other team at any level over the they last kept, they, kept you, they kept United in inverted commas, the defending champions, because they won the 21s league last season. Yeah. Kept them at arm's length the other week when I went to watch them. It was third gear stuff. Um, and I know United have maybe lost a few of that players. They've had to do a bit of recycling in terms of their squad at that level. But previously, I'd been to United games and played Everton twenty ones, and United had been head and shoulders. Yeah. But the progression Everton's twenty one slash twenty threes have made in this is in a third se- three season cycle of this being the third season. They nearly went down in the first season, stayed up with it on the penultimate day, then finished third, I think, last season. 
they're now top of the league and talking about winning it. So, so let's hope for a, a, a good double the weekend, Greg. Just for the double, yeah. Win a turf morning and a derby, a little derby triumph that we can all uh, finish the weekend on a high. Well, thank you very much for listening. Um, Fictions for the... We are... Both. Is right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is yeah. right, Gav. Because yeah. I'm on a roll. Yeah. <laughs> I won. <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't forgot. Hadn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, predictions, right. So, we'll, we'll come to you first then. Well, um, I was going to say... Uh, Both games, please. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you know why I said that? Because, you no, know, Tony, you were saying before about uh, Roman's record and stuff like this. Yeah. He's got 49 league goals, I think. One's in 11 games. So if he gets, he gets, he gets but his touch, touch isn't the best, though, Who said that? <laughs> 50, 50, on Saturday, 50 on Saturday, same record as Bob Latchford after 112 games. Is that right, yeah? So so I'm, you're I'm looking you're against the son. I'm, I'm going to go... Doesn't run the channel. 1-0 win, Rom, oh. on that. 2-1 oh. Everton, and I think Rom will do the business again. Greg? Everton are going to win. And I hate to say it, <laughs> but I think it probably will be something like 2-1. But no, no, I tell you what, I'm going to go absolutely nuts because it's Wednesday. I'm going to go crazy and say 3-1. Phil? Uh, I think Everton will win 2-0. I think Balassi will score. Um, I don't know about the other score, but I'm confident Yannick. I just sense... He's, he's ready. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the under 23. I'm the under 23. <laughs> that's just bad as 3 1. Can I just say that's possibly the weirdest prediction I've ever heard? We're going to win 2 0. Balassi will score, but I don't really know who's going to score the other one. Threat from all over the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. And the under 23 is to do what the under 18's done and give um, Liverpool a good eye. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Stamp our authority on the, on the local, as we have for, for a good time, really. Yeah. Once again, thanks for listening. Um, it's been good to have the, uh, the Fab Four back. And um, yeah, there'll be plenty more from us on Monday, Monday Night Review Pod, and next week as we look ahead to West Ham. <laughs>